0: Thanks for checking out the Southcrest Church podcast. We are one church meeting in two locations in South Atlanta. You can find us online at southcrest.church, where you can listen to our past sermons, watch our 4G stories, and learn more about who we are. Let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God today. Good. So I just got to ask because we're live between both of our campuses, LaGrange and Noonan, I want to welcome you guys and all of us here today. We got any Tennessee fans here today? Oh man. Wow. What a win, right? Some of you go, Oh, I wish my team would have won like that. (laughs) Yeah. Some of you are like, that's why I'm at church today, Sean, because of how my team played yesterday. Like, I need hope, okay? So I'm glad you're here today, whether your team won or your team lost. Listen, I want to just congratulate the Tennessee volunteers. That was a defining win for their program. But I want to tell you about a defining win that's going to happen in this room today. Two thousand years ago, God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could hear God's voice. And I want you to know that I'm still celebrating that defining win from two thousand years ago. Can I get an amen? Right? That's my defining win. And so I'm glad you're here today. We're in our uh, third week of our series called Frequency. Touch your neighbor real quick and say, he's gonna talk to you today, okay? Just do that. Just look at him like, he's talking to you today, okay? And your neighbor's looking back at you going, no, he's really talking about you today, okay? So we're gonna have a good time. We're in the middle of our series about how to hear God's voice. Last week, we said this statement, and it's so, so critical. We were never meant to fear the voice of God. We were meant to hear the voice of God. And that Jesus did something 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross. He repaired the connection so that we could have a relationship back with God and we could hear his voice again without fear or without separation. And so last week was kind of like the turning point in the series. This week is going to be super, super practical. So if you have a pen, a lipstick, a mascara, whatever you can write with today, like you need to pull it out because today's going to be one of those days you're going to want to take a lot of notes. And some of you are gonna wanna email to me and are going, Pastor Son, can I have your notes? Okay, you can have my notes anytime you want them, but trust me, today's the day you're gonna wanna write down some stuff because today is gonna be super, super practical. So I wanna ask you this question. How many of you just ever feel like you just need to get a word from God? Raise your hand. Man, I just need to get a word from God. If you're a Georgia fan, thought I'd throw that out there. You need to get a word from God, okay? My team didn't even play yesterday, right? We're trying to get a word from God. We're hoping we show back up next week. But the truth is this, listen, there are times in your life, it may be a job transition, it may be you're going through something in your marriage. If you are a parent here today, you need to get a word from God, amen? Like you need to hear God's voice because those children that are living in your house, Like they're making you feel unsaved. Like, do I really know the Lord, right? And uh, you need to get a word from God. Some of you are praying about a move in your life. You're praying about, should I start this business? Some of you are thinking through major life transitions in your life and one of the biggest questions that we ask is, can I get a word from God? And I don't know about you, it's at those points that I ask that question that I just say these words, God, I need to hear what you say. I need to get your perspective. Like, I know what my perspective is, and I know what the world's perspective is, but if I could just hear your voice. So here's what I know about hearing God's voice, too. Sometimes there are general words that we hear from God, and then sometimes we need a specific word. Like for instance, a general word, a word would be this. God loves you, has a plan for your life. He wants you to experience forgiveness and salvation through Jesus. That's a general word. We can open God's word and read John three sixteen and figure that one out, right? When it comes to our relationships, we know that we're supposed to love each other. We don't have to get a specific word on that. We know that like this is God's will that we really learn to value and to love one another, Or it could even be giving. You could be like, hey, should I give? Yeah, this is what God's word says. God's word says in Malachi 3.10, if I will bring to him the tithes and the offerings, he will bless me. He'll take care of me financially. Those are kind of general words in our life. But how do you get a specific word from God? Because some of you, maybe in your lifetime, you've never been taught that God wants to speak to you Specifically, Last week, we said it this way. God. How does God speak? He speaks personally. Like God wants to give you a personal word, but he wants to give you a specific word. And it's something you have to grow into. It's kind of like this. If you're a parent here today, you remember when you started giving commands to your kids when they were young? Like they would come near the fireplace and you'd say, no, no, hot. And your children look at you, okay? Now, if your child is 16, and you still talk to them that same way? No, no, hot. That's a little awkward. Or if you have a husband who's 37 and you still talk to him that way? No, no, don't drive fast. That would just be weird. You see, God wants us to mature in our ability to hear his voice. And here's what I've learned. If we don't learn to hear God's voice when he speaks general words and act on them, it's gonna be harder for us when he wants to speak a specific word to our life. Just like children have to mature in their ability to hear God's voice, we have to mature to hear God's voice. If you have your Bible today, turn to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now, some of you, you know exactly where I'm going. I'm going to a passage that if you grew up going to a vacation Bible school, or maybe you didn't go to church at all. I didn't go to church at all. So this story to me when I was a 17-year-old was brand new, but it's a story of 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 a child named Samuel. And let me tell you the story. His mom had prayed that she would get pregnant with him. And she had prayed for a long time. And the Bible says that God heard the cry of Hannah's voice and she gave him a son and she named him Samuel. And she made this decision, God, if you give me a child, I will give my child to you and I will raise my child to love you. And so at the age of four, she brought her child and dropped him off with the priest. Which let me just say this as a pastor, if you have a four-year-old, please don't drop him off on Monday morning at our church and say, here, Pastor Sean, you try to figure this one out, okay? I can't figure it out either, okay? I'm just going to pray with you and hope for the best. So she drops him off and, and he begins to live with Eli, the priest there in the holy place. But as we read this story, what we learn is more than just about a calling on a boy's life, we learn a little bit about how God speaks to us specifically. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Now, what was happening? Why was the the word of the Lord rare here? You see, God's people had quit listening to God's voice. And God being the gentleman he is, he said, listen, when you wanna hear me speak again, you just get your heart before me, get ready before me, turn away from your idols, turn away from these things and I'll start speaking to you again. In fact, I wanna say this to our country. If we want God to make America great again, we need to start craving God's voice again. That's how we will change our country. We won't change our country through political change. We will change our country when we come to God and we say, God, we wanna hear what you say. We wanna hear your perspective. And so God wasn't speaking because his people weren't listening. But look at verse two here. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And look what happens, verse five. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went back and he laid down. And look at verse six. Again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, I just want to stop right here for a minute. This is the moment where if you have young children and they keep getting out of bed, because you don't see this in the scripture, you spank them before they go back to bed. Okay? I just want to say that. Okay? And, no, not really. Okay. Some of you go. Oh, laugh a little bit. Okay? A third time, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. And then Eli realized that it was the Lord was calling the boy. And look what he says in verse nine. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Everyone say listening. He said, speak, Lord, for your servant's listening. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. And then look at this. The Lord came and he stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And then I wanna show you what God did in verse 11. Look at this. And the Lord said to Samuel. Wow. See, most of us, we've heard that story and it's kind of a flannel graph story, right? When we were young and growing up, we saw this little Samuel guy and, and we always say, hey, this is the verse, if God's calling a child to ministry, God would do it this way type of verse. There's something bigger here that God wants us to see. And here's what we need to see if we're going to be like Samuel and we're going to hear God speak. The key to hearing God speak is to value his voice. The key to hearing God speak is to value his voice. In verse 10, the third time, God kept calling him and, and he would go back and finally the Lord stood there. And remember what Samuel said. He said these words. Here I am, Lord. I'm listening. Speak to me. Speak to me. Now, how many of you guys know there's a big difference between hearing something and listening, right? We hear a lot of things, but we listen to few things. There are a lot of things we hear people say, but there's only a few things that we end up listening to in our life. And Samuel kind of shows us this one truth. The key to hearing God speak is to value his voice. Here's what I know about God. God has this strange way of actually speaking to people who are listening. I value God's voice. Here's what's crazy about the story. Samuel was sleeping right next to the ark of God. He's in the temple. Like God's presence is right by there, but yet he had never heard God's voice before. What does that tell you? Listen, You can go to church, you can do Christian things, you can do all the stuff and and wear the t-shirt and all that other stuff, and you can still get so close to the things of God and yet never hear his voice. God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to learn to value his voice. But if that's true, here's what we must realize. Every voice doesn't have equal value. Every voice in our life doesn't have equal value. And that's a challenge for some of us, and here's why. Because we have so many people wanting to speak into our life, right? We have social media. We have everyone telling us what we should say and what we should think and, and, and all this stuff. And, and I wanna say this, one of the, the things I think that hurts us hearing God's voice a lot is we try to put the wrong value on the wrong voice. If we're gonna hear God speak, we must learn to value his voice. If you value the wrong voice, Chances are you may not hear God speak the way that He wants to speak to you. And so we say this Well, God, I just need you to speak louder. How I many of y'all ever prayed that before? I prayed one time, Lord, would you ride it across the sky with an airplane? Like two minutes later, an airplane just flew over and there was no sign. <laughs> and I was like, I, I guess you don't want to say nothing. <laughs> it just gets weird that way. But here's the thing the truth is it's not about volume, it's about value. The key to hearing God speak is to value his voice and to realize not every voice has the same value in your life. The crazy thing about that is this. Even how God speaks to us, and we're going to dig into this, so if you have a pencil, you'll want to write this down. It's even seen in how sound waves are created. So I did a little research this week. This is a graph of a sound wave, okay? So this is like the Y and the X axis, and this represents a sound wave. And the distance between here and here is like a frequency of a sound wave. But listen, here's the crazy thing about this. This is nuts. Even in the natural world, the way God created sound and the way he created sound waves, there's what is known as a sine wave. It's the fundamental frequency of any pitch. So if your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend sings really bad in the shower, this could be why the sine wave is bad, okay? There's a bad pitch there, okay? The truth is this, God created even sound with a sine wave, a fundamental frequency. And everything we hear from the overtones to the harmonics of the sound are determined by this one frequency known as the sine wave. Now, here's what's crazy about that. If you look in Scripture, there are 10 very quick ways that we see that God speaks through His fundamental frequency. This is God's voice, right? Right? His fundamental frequency, we need to follow God's fundamental. How how does God do that? First of all, he uses the Bible. He speaks to us through the Bible. The second way is our circumstances. Like we see in scripture that he speaks. The other way he speaks is through his creation. Like God created everything that we see. And even in Romans 1, he tells us through creation, I'm talking to you. Through wise counsel in our life. Like we see God's voice through the wise counsel he's brought. Through peace. Sometimes you're praying for a specific word and and the word, the voice that God gives you is his peace. And then sometimes it's the idea that God gives us dreams and vision or people in our life or dreams and visions in our life. Listen, I I wanna go back to this part about people and I got good news for you, okay? Did did y'all know God spoke through a donkey? There's hope for you. Touch your neighbor real quick and say, there's hope for you. (laughs) God spoke through that donkey. He's speaking through you. Okay, dreams and visions. God tells us in the book of Joel, in the last days, God will pour out his spirit and young men will dream dreams and visions. God's going to show us things through dreams and visions. Thoughts. This is the crazy one to me. Do you know it says in the book of Amos 4.13 that he is the God who shows us his thoughts? One of the ways God speaks to us is he gives us his thoughts. Whispers. We talked about this last week the idea that sometimes it's not through all these natural occurrences like an earthquake, but like with Elijah, it was a gentle whisper. It was a still, small voice. And then the last one supernatural occurrences. I said this last week, but when you see things like Moses and how God spoke to him through a burning bush, listen, there are things that happen in our life that are just supernatural occurrences, and God's trying to say, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you. That's just 10 ways, just right out of the Word of God, that that we see that God chooses to speak to us. But here's the best part about this whole deal— Whatever way God chooses, this is the fundamental frequency of his voice. The key is we've got to learn to value it. So I want to get real practical over the next few moments as we kind of bring this message down. And I want to talk to you about how you can get a word from God. You say, does God really want to speak to me? We said it the first week. God hasn't stopped speaking. He wants to speak to us all the time. And so if you have a pencil, I want you to write a few of these things down. If we're going to follow the fundamental frequency of his voice, what are some action steps that we can take to see that happen? The first one is this. We got to set an appointment, set an appointment. Does God take appointments? He sure does. In fact, let me say this way. God loves to meet with you when you want to meet with him. And when you say, God, I need to hear your voice. I want to set a time, a place, an opportunity that you and I can sit down. Here's what I know in my life. God always shows up if I make the appointment to go and meet and hang out with him. And here's the crazy thing about that. It just blows my mind. The God of the universe wants to hang out with you. It's crazy. And and every time I do that, here's kind of what I realize about God's Appointments and about his presence. It's this God wants more for you than presence. He wants to give you his presence. Because many times, let's just be honest, when we go to spend time with God, it's because we want God to do something for us, right? God, I need a new car by Thursday. <laughs> if you are real, nothing's impossible for you, God. <laughs> God, I need a new job in two weeks because my other one's over. And so what we do a lot in our times is we go set an appointment with God because we want his presence and not his presence. God wants more for you than just to give you things. God wants to give you himself. That blows my mind. The God of the universe wants to hang out with me. So people ask me all the time, they say, Sean, if I set an appointment, like, when should I spend time with God? It's real simple. I want to give you a very simple answer. While you're awake. While you're awake. See because some of us come in this room they're like, "Sean, you don't understand, man. I'm not a morning person." Like when I hear spend time with God, I think I got to wake up before like the chickens are up or you know before the papers thrown on the uh, the, the thing or whatever. Listen, You need to find a time to set an appointment with God and you meet with him while you're awake. Why? Because he wants to meet with you. And what he's looking for is your willingness to say, I'm gonna set a time to be with him. Some of you, you are nighttime people. Listen, bless your heart. Let 10 p.m. be your time to be alone with God. It doesn't matter. God's not up there going. Listen, God's not bound by our value of time like that. Here's what God wants. He wants a relationship. And if you need to get up at 5 a.m. and do that or you need to stay up till 3 a.m. and do that, it doesn't matter to God. He'll hang out with you anytime you wanna hang out with him. But set an appointment. And here's what I've learned too because y'all need to know this. I've quit having quiet time. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? That's like a Christian term. How many people, I gotta go have my quiet time? I don't have quiet time anymore. Why? Because God's not quiet, he's speaking. How can it be quiet if God wants to talk to me? And so I'm like, I'm not having quiet time anymore, God, because what if you choose to get loud? (laughs) I'm like, that's cool. So here's what I want you to understand setting an appointment with God is not about having a quiet time, because that's what you do with a four year old when they're bad. You go put them in quiet time. Some of y'all catch that later. I want to have an encounter with the living God, set an appointment. God loves to meet with you. Look at Jesus even did this. Look at Mark one thirty-five. It says very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. Now this is the part I want you to focus on. Jesus got up, he left the house and he went off to a solitary place. He went and made an appointment with the father. He made an appointment with the father. Why? Because setting appointment was the first place that he was going to learn to hear God speak to him. You know what I've learned about setting an appointment with God? You don't ever struggle to set an appointment with someone you love. When Tracy and I were dating, listen, I would run over 17 cars to be at that date on time. Why? Because back then we didn't even have cell phones. We didn't have anything. Like we didn't even have the bag phone. Like it was like, that was like $9 a minute back then. And I remember like I wanted to get there because when you love somebody, you wanna be with them. Can I tell you something today? The God of the universe wants to meet with you, and the first key to hearing his voice is to set an appointment, set a time, get with him, and let it become a delight and more than a discipline. How many of you women in the room would be very upset if your husband told his friends, Well, I got to focus on my marriage disciplines, taking my wife on a date this weekend? <laughs> yeah you wouldn't be dating very long okay (laughs) you'd be in trouble so set an appointment number two get still in worship look at your neighbor and say get still say be still be still when I was growing up this was one of the words I heard my mom say a lot because I would cuddle up next to her and she would always say be still because I was one of those kids I was you know jerking all the time and everything and the other night I was hugging Tracy and she said the same thing she said be still listen If we're gonna hear God's voice and we're gonna get a word from God, we have to get still and we have to worship. Here's what that means. You can't rush a word from God. You know the saddest part of our culture? We live in such an instant culture. Everything just happens in our minds so instantly. And I think sometimes God laughs at us because see, he sees from eternity to eternity and we only see the moment. And so here's how we pray. God, I'm coming to meet with you. And God, I need you to meet me right now in this moment. And, and God's up there going, boy, what I have to say to you may take longer than a moment. I'm the God of the universe. Get still. Get still. worship, You can't rush a word from God. Psalms says this, says, be still and know that I'm God. Here's what I've learned in my life. Many times in my life, I forget who God is because I'm not willing to get still. The psalmist says, be still and know that I'm God. God said the key to knowing that I'm God is to get still, to get still before me. So I wanna ask you a question. Are you too busy to hear a word from God? I mean, let's be honest, okay? Let's just take off all the the spiritual shoes and stuff real quick. How many, you don't even have to raise your hand. I'm just gonna ask you the question and I'll know how you answer. How many of you feel completely overwhelmed in your life right now? (laughs) How many of you feel like, Sean, if there's one more block added on my life, like I'm gonna go postal. (laughs) Can I say this to you? One of the greatest ways you're going to begin to hear God speak is you've got to quit being so busy. You need to get still. The psalmist says, be still and know that I'm God because here's what busyness does. It kills our view of God. And stillness, according to Mother Teresa, here's what she said. She said, stillness is the platform from which God speaks. So we gotta set an appointment, we gotta get still, but not just get still, we need to worship. We need to worship. One of the things I do in my time every morning, every day, is I get up and I get still, and the first thing I do is I turn on one praise song or two praise songs and I start listening to worship. And I don't just listen to the song, but I start worshiping. And I want to explain to you why. There's a principle here. Look at 2 Chronicles 20, 17. This is the story of God's people, Jehoshaphat, when three armies were surrounding them. Three armies, like they're going to take them out. He says, but you will not even need to fight. Now, how many of you guys wish that tomorrow you could wake up and you could hear God say, I know what's on your calendar, but you don't even have to fight. (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome? He says, but you don't even need to fight. He said, take your positions Then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. So they're out here. They've got all this pressure. You know, they're they're feeling that, you know, they got to take kids to soccer practice. Okay. I mean, they're feeling it in their life. And he says, hey, just stand still and watch what I do. And then something amazing happened because look what the Lord told them to do. Look at verse 21 of Second Chronicles 20. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. I want to stop right there for a second. The warriors were there, but the worshipers were there. And here's what God said. He said, don't send out the warriors first. You send out the worshipers first. And look what he did Praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. So they're singing, they're worshiping. And at the very moment, they began to sing and give praise. And the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Then the armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. How many of you guys want to defeat the enemy in your life? Raise your hand. I mean, you really want to take the enemy out. You want to put the enemy on his heels in your life. Get still and worship first. About two weeks ago, I was home for about half a day. I had a very upset stomach. And it was one of those days I'm like, Lord, if I get the stomach flu, just call me home. So I'm like... God please. And so I stayed home for a couple hours and actually laid down on my bed and tried to rest for a minute, let my stomach settle and everything. And and I got up and I was leaving the bedroom there, and I'll never forget I felt this still small voice in my heart said, Sean, stop measuring your problems and start measuring me. What? Stop measuring your problems, Sean. Start measuring me. See, here's what worship does. Worship is this. See, worry is about measuring the size of your problems. Worship is about measuring the size of your God. Because isn't that what we want? We want someone to come stroke our struggle. Oh, God, it's so bad. (laughs) Having a bad Thursday. It took him seven minutes to get my coffee at Starbucks. God's not with me. He has left me. They lost my order at Culver's. (laughs) Ran out of concrete. (laughs) Isn't it weird what throws us off? But these armies, they sent out the worshipers first and the Bible says God turned the enemy on their heels and they actually took themselves out. Can I tell you this? Worry is about measuring the size of your problems, but worship is about measuring the size of your God. And I don't know about you, I've spent a lot of my life measuring the size of my worry. I wanna spend the rest of my life measuring the size of my God. Get still, worship. Worship. See what God does. Let me give you the next one. Pray and read. Pray and read. People ask me, they say, man, pastor, what should I pray about? Anything, everything, all things? You say, well, God doesn't want to hear about my relationship issues. Oh, yes, he does. Whatever's on your heart, God wants you to come talk to him about. And you say, well, man, God'll, I don't want to tell God that. Why not? He already knows what you're thinking. Why not just go to him and tell him what's on your heart? Say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, God, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, you're going to knock God off the throne. Like, oh, I wasn't expecting that one. God's up there going, you know what? This father and child thing really does work. I don't know about you. I'm a dad. When my son has a need, I want to hear all about it. I want to hear every word about it. That's the way your father is pray. Like just get before him and start telling him what's on your heart. God's big enough to hear it and he cares about it. So people say, okay, pray about everything. So where should I read? Because my friends, they like know so much more about the Bible or they seem to have these intense Bible studies. And so I want to tell you where to read in the scriptures. Okay. This is the definitive word on where to read in the Bible. Okay. Read anywhere between the naked angels and the maps in the back. Some of you go, there's naked angels in there? <laughs> Some of you are offended by that. Listen, bro, I love you. Relax, your team will win next week, okay? <laughs> You'll get your mojo back. But I wanna tell you this, listen, God says all of this, all of this is him speaking to us. All of this, all of this. You say, can God speak in numbers? He sure can. Can God speak in Second Chronicles? He sure can. Can God speak in Revelations? He sure can. Just open it up and start finding a place. Find a place, pick a plan, find a verse, but start somewhere. Start reading and asking God. And here's the key to reading God's word. Here is the key. Read to hear God speak. Because here's what we do many times. We read this like it's a textbook instead of a life plan. You see, when I was in college, I would go to the textbook because I was trying to figure out how to pass the next test. So I I would read it academically. Start reading God's word personally. God, what are you saying to me? What is in this book that you wanna say to me today? Guys, I can't tell you how many times in my life that God took a passage or a story or a moment or one word out of the scripture and it was like God just illuminated it to me and said, that's my voice. Pray and read. Here's what the Bible says. Paul said this. He said, all scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Look at these two words, God breathed. What does that mean? God inspired it. That means it's powerful. If God spoke it, like God spoke and the Rockies were formed, right? God spoke and the Chattahoochee River suddenly had water. God's word, it's God's breath. That means it's powerful. And then I love this word because this is where people get tripped up about reading the Bible and it's useful. What does that word useful mean? It's actually the word profitable. How many of you guys wanna make a profit? Raise your hand. That's right. None of you go, yeah, I wanna lose everything. (laughs) I hope I I I lose the farm this week. I wanna be profitable in my life. He says, God's word, all scriptures, God breathed. It's powerful and it's useful it's profitable so find a place find a find a place and just start reading it and here's the crazy thing god will begin to speak because he will show you a word from his word he will show you a word from his word and we're going to talk about that more next week because next week we're going to talk about how to validate the voice of god and then the last one's this we need to listen and write we need to listen and write we need to set an appointment We need to take the time to say, God, I wanna get with you. We need to get still in worship. We need to start praying and reading God's word. And then we need to kind of step back and say, God, what are you saying to me in this moment? Because I wanna hear your voice. Take time to listen to what God's saying and pick a journal, pick a place and start writing down sentences of what you think God is saying to you. You say, well, what if I get it wrong? Listen. Do you think the God of the universe, if you say, God, I'm listening to your voice, he won't guide you and help you get it right? I don't know about you, if my son pulled out a notebook and said, Dad, I want to write down what I think you're saying to me. (laughs) I would just do my very best to make sure I said it so clear that he couldn't miss it. The God of the universe is the same way. He wants to speak to you. Look what the psalmist says. I love this passage. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. The psalmist is saying, God, I'm waiting for you to speak to me. And I believe you will. I believe you will. Did you know your expectations can change your experience? You remember what I said in the very beginning and we're gonna close with this thought. The key to hearing God speak is to learn to value his voice. The God of the universe wants to have a conversation with you and I've given you some action steps today and I wanna challenge, here's what I wanna challenge you to do. For the next two weeks, would you take these four principles and try to involve them in your life? Make an appointment, get still in worship, pray and read, Listen and write and see what God does. Let's pray together. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. Remember, you can find more sermons just like this one on our website at southcrest.church. If you have any questions about our church, email us at hello at southcrest.tv. We'll see you next time.